Welcome to the On the Anvil podcast, a place to tell simple and streamlined stories about life at the Anvil Academy. Today we're joined by Katie Colt, my wife, and she's going to be recounting and retelling stories from the early years as Anvil began to take shape in the life of our family and in the life of our marriage. Look forward to you listening. How we're doing? We are back on the Anvil. It's good to be back for episode two of this uh, baby of a podcast. Um, I am here. My name is Andrew. We have uh, Ben, who is up in Pennsylvania. You guys got to know Ben a little bit last session, and today we have a special guest. But before we get in, uh, just a reminder: this is a podcast where we're capturing stories about life on the Anvil uh, at a small little school called the Anvil Academy in coming Georgia. And so we're, we're thinking back to the very humble beginnings, but the beautiful origin story of how the Lord brought this place to be. And we're trying to, to capture the stories through uh, the people and those who were present in those first years that have uh, walked alongside one another as this has grown up. And so last year or last week, you heard a little bit about Ben uh, and his dreaming up in Jersey is what we called it. Um, but I'm going to allow Ben to kind of reintroduce himself and then kind of invite in our, our guest from today. Yeah. Hey guys, it's, it's good to see you all. I'm, I'm not in coming Georgia. I'm in Gilbertsville PA. So uh, the gift of technology has allowed us to, to gather together and excited to be back with you all. I'm going to be playing host today to kind of uh, give Andy the break um, from the, from the intimacy of his wife. And so i um, excited to introduce our guest, um, Katie, um, you you know her as Andy's wife, the executive director of Anvil. Uh, but Katie, I would love to hear you introduce yourself, not as Andy's wife, but as Katie Van Ipren, and and give us a little bit about background of of your upbringing, your childhood, and and kind of who you are um, as Katie. Okay, well, I am Katie Van Ipren. Uh I was born in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, and that's where I spent most of my childhood. Uh, my parents, Jack and Robin, um, had four of us. So there's Jen, my older sister, Jason, my older brother, and then my younger sister, Ruth, and me. And uh, my dad was a school teacher. He was a phys ed teacher. So uh, we had the privilege of having a normal rhythm of school days with our parents home at night and uh, in the summers because my dad was off from teaching we would all get in our family van and travel five four hours up to Blue Mountain Lake New York where my grandparents owned a resort called the Hedges in the Adirondack Mountains and it was a family-run resort so from the ages of just being born up until I was 18 years old. We spent every single summer up there and every um, every fall weekend through Columbus Day. A lot of people understand it if I describe it as it's like dirty dancing without the dirty. It was that kind of um, that kind of feel. Cabins. Uh, we our family ran the kitchen and the cooking. Aunts, uncles, cousins. We all lived there together. And uh, as a child, it was heavenly. I I know it was not as smooth and easy for my parents, um, 
but as a kid to grow up there, it was, it felt like paradise. So that really informed a lot of who I am, my summers up there mm -hmm. in God's creation, uh, pretty much wake up in the morning, have a pancake breakfast and run out in the woods and stay there until it was time to eat again, come back, go back okay. out swimming in the lake every day. It was very dreamy. So that is a huge piece of my upbringing. Um, I grew up in a church called Grace Church, which is where I met Andy. Uh, I knew him just as Heidi's older brother. Um, Heidi is his sister who is my age. And I knew Heidi more than I knew Andy. I remember sleeping over at the Culp's house before I even knew who Andy was. He was just like that older kid who sometimes got on my dad's nerves, actually. He and Dave Wharton, like, yeah. Uh, but then when I got into high school um, and went into youth group, I noticed him for the first time in a different way. And he was um, quite, quite dashing and way out of my league. I was the quiet one and he was the crazier one. And, uh, but he noticed me too. And so mm -hmm. then we, uh, we started dating when I was, well, I wasn't allowed to date, but I was 14 years old and uh, we were good friends and hung out in groups of friends. And according to his mom, I was his special friend. I think up until you proposed, I was just a special <laughs> friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then um, that was a lot of high school was uh, Andy Culp in high school. And then uh, and then went to college at James Madison University in Virginia and, um, and dated off and on throughout college. And uh, Andy's the only guy I ever dated. So married my high school sweetheart. And it's been happily ever after since then. <laughs> I know it, it sounds like the fairy tale continues. Um, now the boys, the the boys are well versed in Uncle Andy's love letters. Um, were was the love pursuit as clunky as Uncle Andy makes it sound, or or was it a little bit smoother? Give us give us the real and the raw on on the love pursuit. Oh dear. Okay. Well. I don't know if Katie knows about, about <laughs> love letters with Uncle Andy. So, so yeah, for, I'm not sure. All right, so I didn't know that you just blew that my cover. Real. You blew my cover. Uh, so for those listening who haven't sat around some of our fire time devotional <laughs> times, uh, there was kind of a a recurring uh, episode. It was almost like like late night with Jimmy Fallon. Like you know, there was a, a recurring um, segment called um, love stories with Uncle <laughs> with Uncle Andy. Um, <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would dig into uh, all of, I mean, this is before phones, before text, before, even before email stuff, we would write letters back and forth. And so I was in one high school, Katie was in another, and we would write letters and there was a, a mutual friend of ours named Emily McGovern. And uh, I would give them to my sister. My sister would give them to Emily McGovern and Emily would give them to Katie. Um, and we would kind of pass these letters back and forth or, or we would kind of do it that way. And so, uh, we kept all these letters. And so I had them in this box and, you know, when it was just the right time to teach just the right thing to these boys, um, we would break out one of these letters and we would have love stories with uncle Andy, where there was always some really profound truth that came through from, uh, th these love letters. I, I had no idea that happened. Yeah. All things are being learned on this podcast. 
Do you know that he still has all the love letters in like a shoebox up in your attic or closet or something? That I knew. And that's where I thought they've remained for the last 10 years. I guess not. <laughs> no, no. they're te- um, And so. Go ahead. <laughs> so as your love story continued, um, you guys were now, Katie, you were finishing up school when Andy had already graduated and was teaching. Um, is that correct in my understanding of the timeline? Yes, that is correct. So I'm two okay, years older and uh, he, yes, he had finished at Messiah and I could have gone to Messiah, but I um, wanted to do my own thing. I did know at least that much. If I followed this guy to Messiah, he would, he would inform all of my college experience. And I really wanted my own college experience. So I went just three hours further south to JMU and loved it. And so uh, when Andy graduated from Messiah, he moved down to Virginia and so our, and then proposed soon after. And we got engaged right before my junior year and then got married right before my senior year. Awesome. And so you guys both kind of had this emerging passion for education and for teaching. And so what were kind of the early years of your professional teaching experience like as a young married couple? Well, I'll say, you know, we, we kind of were in this space where um, I had a, a passion for elementary education, was also playing in a rock band at the time. And so this pull between like, do we go out and tour and do the rock band thing or do we settle down and teach was was a, a difficult part of early marriage. Um, you know, we actually did go out and tour and, and some of it was fantastic and awesome. Some of it was really hard uh, being a year into marriage and, and sleeping in 12 passenger vans and on people's floors. And uh, it's not a way to build intimacy in the first year of marriage, but um, we did that and then eventually settled down in, in Northern New Jersey. But the thing is, you know, we say like a rock band, we would play for like 12 people. So there was, there was, uh, there was no money in the bank. And so we had to go move in with Katie's parents. So we move in with Katie's parents. We're in the upstairs right above uh, like the living room. And, um, but it's where we started really our, our marriage. Um, Katie was working, uh, in what first grade or second grade classroom. Um, Mm -hmm. teacher's assistant. Yeah. And I was, I was teaching, uh, elementary school, uh, third and fourth grade. And, um, yeah, we just kind of got into this cadence that we both had, known all our lives being part of families where parents were educators or teachers or we had been to school. So it just kind of felt like we got back into that flow. Mm. Katie's Katie's fairy tale childhood just came to a crashing halt hearing about the 12 passenger first year marriage experience. You know, all the beautiful lake scenery and everything, hiking, outdoor adventure um, just took a hit. But um, in the midst of that, continue to stay by your side and, and stay supportive and um, one of your first stocking stuffers um, in your early years of marriage, I understand, Katie, was bike shorts for Andy. So you had bought Andy these bike shorts um, in northern New Jersey as he's teaching. Um, but then as he kind of steps into this principalship role after working with the Discovery Program in Franklin Lakes, um, when was the first time that you kind of heard these these murmurings and these seeds of a school that he wanted to start? Ooh. I'm not sure that he even talked about it too much out loud with me in New Jersey. It really wasn't until we were down here in Georgia that 
and we found this property that then the discussion began of, well, there's a barn on this property and what will take place in this barn. And I, we have our four children and they're all uh, 23 months apart. So when we moved down to Georgia, Judah was not even six. So we had four, four kids ages five and under. And Aunt, little Andrew was only three months old. And so uh, the thought of do, doing something like starting a school was not something I could even fathom. I was in the thick of yeah. raising our little ones. So I think that Andy, while he may have been talking to you about it in New Jersey and thinking about things and praying about what is this thought he, or this idea he has, he didn't share it too much with me until we had been living here for a couple of years, which was probably wise. <laughs> yes. Well, so I'm sure he was writing them in some love letters. Right. <laughs> One of the things I, I've loved about our, our marriage, and I think this is part of when, when you um, start a relationship so young, and I was 16 and Katie was 14. Um, everything is dream. And so you just spend your time talking about dreams and adventures and, and all the things that you want to do. And so uh, actually a week from today, we celebrate our 20 year anniversary of marriage, which is we're super excited about. Wow. Um, yeah. Actually, no, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Um, but then we I mean, we had kind of dated for seven years before that. And so um I'm a dreamer. Katie is a dreamer in a lot of ways around adventure. And so we had, we had thought about all these things we wanted to do. We tried to leave the country a number of times. We tried to do the Peace Corps that fell through. We tried to go to Japan, teach English. Uh, that didn't work. We tried to go to Mexico and be kind of house parents at an orphanage and, and that fell through. And so we, we had all these dreams and ideas and it just seemed like each time that we actually jumped full in and tried to pursue it wholeheartedly, uh, there were roadblocks. And so I think, uh, not that dreaming had stopped, but, but I remember those early years of marriage just being defined by like, what do we want to do? And we, and, and the world is kind of at our fingertips. Um, and then slowly you get into just the day in day out of raising four little kids and trying to bring home a paycheck and to provide and, and to, and, um, th these dreams, in some ways take a little bit of a back seat, but I think they're kind of always there speaking and you're wondering, okay, Lord, what do you have in the midst of all this? And so I think, um, there'd been some dreams that I had, I had kind of thrown out there that didn't really come to fruition. You know, I think like there was a hot dog stand in Costa Rica at one point that was yeah. like, yeah. I would have made money, but, um, well. yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. So, so all I have to say is, I think that's a part of our story is just wondering, like, what's the big thing the Lord has for us? Uh, and so when we started talking about some of these things, it wasn't completely out of the blue, but um, they had been on, put on hold for a season. And given hmm. Andy's personality and positivity and dreamlike uh, tendency, I had gotten to the point once we started having our kids, I was ready to not live in New Jersey. I didn't want to stay in New Jersey, but 
didn't have ideas of hot dog stands in Costa Rica. So when these ideas and there, I should sit down and try to write them all down because there were many, many. Uh, I got to a point where I knew if I just listen for a little while and don't don't encourage, but don't shut it down, this dream of his will mm -hmm. fizzle out naturally because they all do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Until this, until mm -hmm. Andrew, this was different. Yeah. Well, if, if I could interject for a moment, Andy, I just want to encourage you as a brother to not give up on that hot, hot dog uh, stand dream. <laughs> I, I think your, your skill set and your wiring is built for that. So I just want to encourage you in that. But these, these dream conversations have kind of become part of the Anvil story. And um, one of the, the cornerstone stories of kind of Andy taking that step towards launching Anvil was a kitchen conversation. And we, we've heard it often from Andy's perspective. But Katie, I'm curious to hear it from your perspective. After hearing the hot dog stand in Costa Rica pitch and some other pitches along the way, um, I, I would love to hear your perspective on the why are we having this conversation conversation um, as Andy is a headmaster of Legacy Academy, a, a hybrid program, which kind of gave him the con concept of a hybrid um, and then kind of moved in the direction of, hey, I have this idea for a boys' school. What was that like after hearing so many pitches in the past? What made this one different? Well, I think that it it did not fizzle out. This one didn't. And it got to mm -hmm. a point where... <laughs> Maybe I got tired of hearing about it. It may that may have been the very profound uh, mm. basis of of that conversation. But I think that at that point he had been talking about it and talking about it, had a name for it. Uh, it had gotten further than any other idea in the past, and this one was different. It wasn't just a pipe dream. It was feeling a. a passionate calling and the just the language of having a calling is very different than a dream and when this one didn't subside and uh he kept talking about it i um did i i mean from what i remember i i think i just asked him very clear very point blank uh, do you think that the Lord wants you to do this? Do you think that this is truly a calling from the Lord? And when he said yes, mm -hmm. uh, it was very clear to me that, well, then why why are you hesitating? Why keep talking about it? Why not do it? Mm -hmm. And and I think that from Andy's perspective, that was an open door to pursue this further. I think that that conversation I really needed personally, too, him, me challenging him in that way was uh, the confirmation that I needed because I wasn't sure. And when I heard that, mm -hmm. it allowed me to get on board because I thought, okay, well, I can't even argue with that. If it's, a, if it's from the Lord, if this is really what he wants you to do, um, not only can I not argue with it, I want, I want you to pursue it and I want to be part of it. And so I needed that confirmation just as much as Andy did. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm sure with that. Sorry, go ahead, Andy. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think um, that was at the season where um, we had actually started Anvil and we had done this little beta test with 12 guys. And um, but there was no 
there was no revenue stream coming in really. I mean, tuition was just covering, not even covering all the costs. And so uh, Legacy was was so kind. The leadership team down in Atlanta was so kind to kind of keep me on staff three days a week. And so I was doing leadership down there at the school and had two days to pursue this. And so all of our provision was coming from that Legacy team. We are doing this two days and, and we, it was at that point of... Um, do we do this full time or does this remain a passion project, kind of a hobby discipleship project? And that was the context mm-hmm. for the conversation where it was the, hey, we're going to step into something where there is zero dollars available for this. Um, my dad had given us, I think, a $10,000 loan to renovate the barn to make it into a, a, a space that was kind of usable. And but that was the only money that that was there. And so the waffling back and forth was part of like, can I provide for my family? And is this a calling or is this just a, and when I heard Katie um, lovingly, but really directly challenge in that way and just be like, is it of the Lord? And I was I had like an absolutely, yes, it is. And so then the, well, then why is it even a question in your mind? Like it, it becomes a disobedience issue for you not to do this mm. and a lack of faith that the Lord will provide exactly what's needed for this in this season. And so, um, mm. it was, it was the passion in me, but it was the faith of my wife that I think actually jumpstarted it from this little beta mm. test into something that was going to be born, you know, fully. Mm. Yeah. I heard recently that delayed obedience is disobedience. And so I, I love hearing, um, the context of that conversation and and the the story. So thanks for giving us a glimpse into your kitchen counter and hearing that conversation. But um, I'm sure now, I mean, at that point, Andy was kind of having an hour commute each way, which added two hours to his workday. So I'm sure the saving time on the commute was a huge benefit, but I'm sure um, benefits aside, there were also growing pains. Um, notwithstanding, one of the first days of Anvil, you walking outside and seeing a, a boy watering your plants with his urine. Um, in addition to that, um, what other growing pains have you experienced with Anvil kind of being in your backyard? Um, well, the first, that wasn't the first day. That was a little bit further into Anvil. The first day, a tree caught on fire because you were... <laughs> no, no, it almost caught on fire. We were prepared. I saw flames. Oh. I remember the day what was it? A lantern, a paper lantern that they had lit and there was some really beautiful theme behind oh, it. Yeah, we were launching. It was it was like it was launch day. And so they were the paper lanterns and the flame of the spirit was burning inside them and fueling the launch. And burning the tree <laughs> that it landed in. So we, we launched twelve of these things as they're rising. A wind comes, blows them into a pine tree. And so the very first day a boy sprinting up to the barn from the field, getting the fire extinguisher. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I thought like, okay, that was the beginning and the end. <laughs> All on the first day. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there. It, it is unusual to have a bunch of middle school boys on your property and running around. And it's been a really different experience for our entire family, not just for me, but for our children as well. I mean, at this point, they don't really remember much much difference than what is, but it, I, I do think going back to what I shared, um, about the hedges, about the resort, my grandparents owned, I do think that that nature of living 
in a place that is not just your own, but is for the service and enjoyment of others and being part of a team of sorts, even though I'm not part of the, the staff, um, feeling that camaraderie of working together towards something other than yourself, even on your own home turf, your own property. I do wonder sometimes if the Lord used that to prepare me for this, um, this experience of, of Anvil happening right here on our home property. And there were, I mean, yeah, just it, at the beginning, I remember making cookies for the boys because there were only 12 of them. So I could, I could walk up. They loved me for that. I mean, that ended pretty soon after <laughs> school started to grow. But uh, there have been a number of stories. I, we're about to celebrate 20 years. I think, um, was it 15 years of marriage? It was on our anniversary. I look, <laughs> I look out our window and see driving down our driveway this giant truck with porta potties on it <laughs> that were about to be delivered to our barn. And I thought, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, there, yeah, it's it's been an adventure. It it really has been nothing short of an adventure. It's, in, in really great, exciting ways and really hard ways. Yeah. Man, uh, that, that app, the Be Real app, where people take a, a, a photo of where they are in that moment, I would love to see the anvil history of outside your window, the things that you have seen um, in a Be Real snapshot. Um, I think we need to think about doing that this year and, and capture some of the weird that happens on, on campus. Um, but... Part of the the inspiration behind the launch of Anvil was for to build something that you were excited to have your boys come through. So now that you've had one graduate and, and another um, as an eighth grader this year and little Andrew on the horizon, um, what what has been that experience like seeing kind of the dream come full circle and seeing your boys come through the program? Go ahead. Well, oh. That, that's hard for, for me to put into words because it's been so formative for them. Mm. Not, I mean, they've had the unique experience of, of living here. So they've experienced Anvil as students, as being part of the Anvil Brotherhood personally, but also just witnessing their father do what he does. And I mean, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew is always trying to get up and get up to the barn or over to the Lemus house to be part of everything. So I feel like Andrew's even experienced a lot of Anvil already, even though he's going into third grade. Uh, it, <clears throat> it has hugely shaped who they are. The idea of what it is to be a man after God's own heart, uh, to, to learn under the leadership of these men who are um, passionate about their faith and growing in maturity themselves to see that not only on anvil days, but also on the, on Mondays when no boys are here, when our boys are just walking around and interacting with these men, it is really, uh, it's really shaped who they are. I, I just don't even know who they would be. Can, I mean, can you imagine if we had raised them in New Jersey, nothing against Jersey. It would be a completely different experience um, mm. from 
what they are having now. Yeah. And I think not just for them, I think for Iris as well. And, and so, I mean, one of the hard things is running a boys school um, and having your sweet little daughter be there and uh, it not be a place where there's formal curriculum for her. But I think the entire experience is, is so formative for her too. And so, I mean, she's younger than the boys still, but she sees what does it look like for uh, boys to be learning and growing, maturing? What does it look like for men to be kind of pouring in and discipling? And, and in some way, I know it's hard for her, but in some way, I hope it gives her a picture a little bit of, of you know, the, the type of men that she's uh, going to be engaging with as she goes older and, and who to be looking for in a boy and who to be looking for in a husband one day. But she has, you know, three of her brothers and then uh, all these other boys that are, that are around. So it, I mean, it really has become the context in which our family lives our life. Uh, and so there's, there's so much more we could share about that. And, and, um, I just want to say thank you to Katie for coming on. We're going to be wrapping this up. Um, Katie's going to be coming back on to the podcast, uh, here in the weeks to come, because there's so much more of the story to share, but, but today just gives a little bit of an insight, um, into the origins and into those early conversations and early experiences as the Anvil Academy began. And so Ben, I'll give you the final word. Uh, as we close out here and certainly if you want to say anything else, but, um, we'll close things down. What's the final word for us, Ben? Yeah. I mean, I think just to echo, um, our gratitude on behalf of the extended Anvil community, um, just Katie, thank you for opening up, um, your home, opening up the backyard and enduring so much, um, experience over these past couple of years. We just would not be where we are literally without you and, and your push of Andy and, and your helper and the support that you have given him, you've given so many. Um, and so just wanted to extend yeah, another word of gratitude for all that happens behind the scenes that has, continues, and will continue in the future. So excited to hear more from you um, in the weeks to come, but thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. All right. We'll be back next week for the next episode. Thanks for joining along as we talk through the origins of Anvil. Take care. See you guys.